Nobody wants a surprise in their jelly donut. It's toothpaste? That's because the middle is the most important part. At Graybar, we're at the middle of electrical and data comm jobs across the country, connecting installers, facility managers, and business owners with smart solutions for their most challenging projects, which means stocking and delivering crucial products on time and on budget, with no surprises, thanks to our nationwide logistics network. Yep, Graybar does that. Hey, everybody, and happy Flag Day. I'm Mike Claiborne, and along with Bob Nightingale of the USA Today, we call this Good Nightingale, and uh, we're going to do this on a regular basis. Uh, We can't replace Rick Hummel, but we found the next best thing in Bob Nightingale, and we have a lot to discuss discuss today, Bob, uh, when it comes to baseball. As you know, this is Flag Day, and you know me long enough to know that this is a day where I can tell you whether you're going to be any good or not because we've had enough games. We played in good weather, bad weather. We've had cold streaks. We've had hot streaks. We've had d- disappointments. We've had people that surprise us. We've had everything we need to know to know what we are and what we need. And so here we are today, and I think the biggest issue is the Cardinals, and I, I get it from a lot of people. On What do you think? Are the Cardinals raising the flag of surrender, or is this a flag that they can survive? And I got to tell you something. When I look at the lineup, I say to myself, you know, in this division, if they make three simple moves, they right back in it. You've seen this team from a distance, so give me your thoughts on what you see so far. Well, certainly, yeah, the flag's got to be at half-mast. Uh, they're playing. <laughs> I mean, they're losing every which way possible. It's uh, it's heartbreaking to watch. It's the way they, they have lost games. You're right. They're in the right division. You want to be in the AL Central, the NL Central. But that being said, 15 games below 500, and they would have to get hot and stay hot. They showed a glimpse of that before, uh, you know, a few weeks ago before this stretch. But, yeah, it's a, uh, you know, even Nolan Arenado says, I'm not sure we have the right guys in here. Uh, something's got to change. Gave me some kind of wake up uh, that, 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 that set this thing right. Uh, I'm not saying they're as underachieving as the uh, – you know, as the Padres are, or New York Mets, or maybe in Philadelphia Phillies, but but certainly to be this bad and very disappointing. Well, you know, and, and Arenado's right. They don't have enough of the right guys in there, and I'm of the belief they need a little bit more experience. They need really a, a rusty nail, in my opinion, maybe a couple of them, guys who have been through it, guys who understand how to make other people committed to what's going on, because – we always think of the Cardinals as Arnado and Goldschmidt as, as far as veterans and Wayno. We throw him in that mix. But everybody else, for the most part, are young guys who haven't gone through it. Some guys maybe probably shouldn't be here. Maybe they need a little bit more seasoning. But, you know, they, they show the ability to, to give themselves an opportunity, but they haven't taken advantage of it. And it's one of those situations where you're kind of stuck. But we go back to this as well. You and I talked about this last year. We talked about it during spring training. We talked about it during the season. This team needed pitching. Now, I know the Cardinals looked at it and said, well, we want to look and see what our guys can do before we go out and sign somebody or make a trade for somebody. Okay, you did that. And now you realize that you don't have enough. So what do you do in this situation? I mean, you you can't sign a free agent. And thank goodness they didn't. When we look at some of the free agent signings that have taken place, that's blowing up in a lot of people's faces. So, in your opinion, what's the next step? 
Well, it probably hit the trade deadline and uh, hope they get lucky. They don't have that kind of time, though. They don't have that kind of time. No, I don't know what you can do in in between time. I really don't. I mean, you know, there's nothing you can really do except for uh, wait things out and, you know, grab a couple guys that, you know, hey, the White Sox complete fall out of this thing, too. You know, go grab a Lance Land. That's not going to cost you, you know, much at all. Uh, you know, see who else uh, happens to be out there. I'm not saying get a Marcus Stroman. They don't have that kind of capital, you know, in the, uh, you know, in the farm system. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure what you do. Uh, you know, guys are guys are a mental mess too. I mean, when you have, uh, you know, Wilson Contreras saying that you know he's beside himself, he's almost uh, you know given up as as far as how depressed he is. <laughs> That's a very discouraging sign. Instead of having guys, oh, bounce right back. This is one of those things. Uh, you know, I'm on the Philadelphia Phillies now. You see Trey Turner saying, yeah, I think I'm going to turn this thing around. You know, never once did he say, yeah, it's going to be a lost season for me. You can't have that mindset. No, I agree. And, and because once you say it and once it's heard or read, it, it's hard to reel it back in. And then that expectation is one of which it says, well, you you surrender. I mean, you don't have an answer. And, and in this day and age, it's amazing. Every team has a therapist. Every team has a life skills coach. I mean, every team has somebody that you can talk to. And you think you'd be better prepared for it, but apparently that's not the case because we're seeing this not just with the Cardinals. We're seeing this around baseball where there's some guys that are really starting to second-guess themselves. And, and I'm wondering, does it have anything to do with the analytic impact of guys who are – trying to play the game and yet still follow the the, the the template that teams have set on how to play defensively and how to deal with pitching and things of that nature that didn't have that sort of impact, let's say, five, eight, ten years ago. Right, yeah. Instead of a, uh, playing by instincts, you know, they're going by the numbers. They seem more confused than ever. Uh, yeah, I will say in the case of guys like Contreras, free agents that go to a new team, man, they seem to have a lousy time that first year. Uh, like I said, I've been around the Phillies. Remember, Bryce Harper went through that same same thing. Nick Castellanos a year ago. Turner now. Machado was terrible first year in San Diego. Oh, we and saw another, with, we saw with Goldschmidt and Arenado the first years they were here in different years. Yeah, they put those guys put so much pressure on themselves. And in this case, but yeah, when you're making fundamental mistakes and you know barely even when you catch balls like you know saw Walker's ball uh, you know, in Wednesday's loss when he you know. Barely caught that thing in routine ball. You know, you can't have that. And uh, so, you know, one of those things, too, is like, hey, you better get up there at 1.30, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And, hey, let's start taking infill. Let's start doing things right. You guys are major leaguers. You're, you're embarrassing yourselves. Yeah, that, that's a great point you make. I mean, you know, guys get to the ballpark. They get there 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock. But you know what? They're watching video. They're doing this. They're doing that. They don't put a glove on until 4 o'clock. You know, and I think that that's one of the things that th- this game is still won and lost on the field. Uh, it, you know, a laptop is not going to save you in the eighth inning when you have to rely on your instincts on a ground ball or where to throw it to and things of that nature. And th- there's got to be a little bit more balance where there's got to be a little bit more, I think, pregame commitment. And that means being on the field. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the best teams are like that where they're talking baseball, they're going over things hey what do you see here what do you, you know what do you see there uh you know if you're the cardinals players and you're know, back in the day if you go through a stretch like this 
those guys would have to, you know, be at the clubhouse until three in the morning talking things out, what's going wrong, instead of just everybody dispersing 10 minutes after the game's over and letting, uh, you know, Ali Marmol, you know, do the talking. Uh, you know, they got to talk among themselves to get this thing right. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and, you know, I, I think one of the things in this day and age, we all text each other now. We don't talk. And that, that's, I think, sometimes is a concern where the communication skills are broken down. So here's my thing on the Cardinals with regard to Flag Day. Uh, is it salvageable? Yeah, but you're going to have to really work hard at this. You're going to really have to do, do some things differently. And you got to be a little lucky. But you can't win with this current setup. The help that this team needs is not in the organization. Uh, it's not in the minors. It's somewhere else. And it's incumbent upon them to find those players. And I think you have to do it before the trade deadline because somebody in this division is going to pull away by default. And it could be the Cardinals, but you can't sit back and be 15, 18 games under 500 and be eight and a half out and think you can climb in it that way. you got to be able to find a way to pick up two, three games a month in order to make yourself relevant. But again, you got to get some help in the bullpen. You better get you another bat off the bench or a professional. And you need a legitimate starter who knows where the seventh inning is. If you do those three things, then you can certainly get back in it and win the division. And who knows what happens after that? Yeah. I mean, they're so uh, thankful to be in in that division. I mean, the division's so bad. You look at Cincinnati Reds, and they were talking about being two years away. If nobody else wants this thing, they're saying, okay, we'll take it. Mm -hmm. Our young starters and everything else. And that's a young team. But, yeah, you got to, you know, have some uh, leadership inside that clubhouse and guys to air guys out. You know, I know Goldschmidt did that, you know, about a month ago or so when they started winning. Uh, you know, maybe it comes to the coaching staff to say this is unacceptable. Um, you know, some, yeah. Something's got to change. It's got to change. And, you know, like when the Cardinals lost against the, the Giants, you know, you how can you blame Ali Marmo for putting the only set closer he had in the game? He walks a guy, then serves up a home run. The game's tied. He has nobody else in the bullpen other than a former starter who gave up three more runs. So now you're really falling from behind. You, you can't blame those things on the manager or the coaching staff. I mean, they're putting guys in a position to succeed. They just aren't responding. Yeah, and go back to pitching. You know, I remember uh, hearing the comments in spring training, well, we don't need our starter. We already got five starters. Well, nobody goes with five starters anymore. No. You use eight or nine. Guys get hurt. Guys struggle. That sort of thing. You know, you need guys to come up in the minor leagues and, and challenge that you better pitch well up here or you're going back down will replace you. Now, uh, you need that depth of push guys. And that, you know, that hasn't happened. Uh, yeah, it, it's a shame. Uh, you know, even you look at Mike Maddox and you say, okay, is this why Mike Maddox left? Why was he so itching to uh, get out? Uh, you know, I think if, if the uh, if the season ended and the say the Milwaukee Brewers beat up the Cardinals by a game or two, you say okay, you know that probably makes sense. But not to be 15 below 500 and not to say hey, if they may finish as 500s division, you got it. I mean, you should be running away. Any team with a lot of talent should be running away this division. There's no doubt about that. All right, let's talk about some other things going on in baseball. Uh, it's been an interesting season with the rule changes. Uh, the WBC hangover, um, you know, it, there's a lot of things that have made this somewhat of a disjointed season for the traditional teams. 
kudos to the Tampas, kudos to the Pirates and, and the Arizona Diamondbacks and teams that have taken advantage of it. Um, how do you think this thing has gone? Because the, I, I think the rule changes have affected people. I think a team like the Cardinals, who had so many guys in WBC, it affected them. But now we're at the middle of June, so that's no longer an excuse. But what do you think as far as the biggest impact on why we're seeing a resurgence of teams that we normally don't talk that much about? You know, I think it's a thing where the uh, the cheapest teams out there, the teams the lowest payroll, are usually the teams that are the, are the youngest team or more athletic. These athletic teams are taking advantage of it. Uh, you look at a team like the Arizona Diamondbacks just running at will. Uh, the Pirates have a young, exciting team. Uh, like you said, Tampa Bay, um, you know, Baltimore. It's, you know, it's almost like the standings have been turned upside down. And these older teams with the big money have been flops. And you go from San Diego to uh, to the Mets, to the, you know, to the Phillies, to the, uh, you know, Cardinals and Miller Pack. Well, all these big spenders have fallen flat in their face. And maybe, you know, because they're older guys and they're not running. Where uh, these teams with the uh, lack of payroll and uh, lack of lack of age are saying, you know what? We'll just keep running wildly and and play hard. Look where it's getting them. You know what? I'll throw this into the equation. You talk about the younger teams; they buy in easier to the manager and this coaching staff than the older teams and the older guys that, that will say, "Well, this is the way I've always done it, and it's been difficult for them to adjust." And, and I think once you look at like we, we've seen Pittsburgh and, and what a good job Derek Shelton is doing there. Um, David Bell's not far away with Cincinnati. They have young guys who, who are a glad to be here. B they know that if they do what they're asked to do and succeed, they're going to stay here. And that, that's a lot different from teams that have guys who maybe have three years of experience or whatever and think they've made it. Um, it's, it's a little harder to get to them because they already have their idiosyncrasies in play and it's a little bit more challenging to get them to change things. No, you're absolutely right. I know with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, they brought back, you know, Mazin Baumgartner had two years and about 35, you know, $38 million left. And he wanted to change. He's too stubborn to change. And, uh, you know, he told the coaches that. The coaches are you know, kind of beating their head against the wall. Said, you know what? We're going to release you. They dump them, and they've taken off ever since. They said, we'll use the young kids. The young pitchers will listen to us. And, uh, you know, they got some uh, talent, unproven, but some talent. And they've, they've taken off. So, you know, sometimes you need those young guys to say, you, you don't have all the answers. Just listen for a change. Well, you know what? And I think the tip-off is nobody even claimed Gardner. I'm bum Gardner. Right. I mean, there's been a couple of guys that have been released some veterans that nobody's even kicked the tires on them. And I think that's an indication that, you know what, maybe they were done and maybe had they listened, it'd be better, but they didn't. So therefore they can sit at their farm or wherever and count their money and, and, and just relive the memories because they won't be back in the game. All right. So for you, um, we, we've seen Pittsburgh and Tampa and things like that. Give me some stories that fans should start to pay closer attention to. We have a rise in Florida and what he's doing at the plate. He, he's been fun to watch. But give me some things that we ought to start paying a little bit more attention to. Well, it's only uh, – if you go to the National League, like the National League MVP race, you're talking about a rise. You know, this guy, he has 400. He was a guy who won MVP. But a guy like Ronald Acuna, I mean, people talked about him a few years ago, got hurt, wasn't the same. All of a sudden now, just a monster season. And this guy could easily do 30 home runs, 60, 70 stolen bases. You know, just a uh, – you know, like a Ricky Henderson is prime. It's unbelievable what he's doing. The kid out of Arizona, Corbin Carroll, uh, 
you know, he's still a rookie. He got a chance to be, you know, rookie of the year and an MVP. Just plays the game hard, plays it right. Uh, you know, he's an all-around complete player. And, uh, of course, the guy in your division, Eli De La Cruz, everybody's been talking about his raw tools. It's amazing what he's done in, in, in one week. Um, sometimes you got to get lucky. I mean, look yeah. at the uh, – you know, look at these San Diego Padres stumbling around, and uh, they're desperate. So they pick up uh, Gary Sanchez off waivers. Gary Sanchez hit six home runs his first thirteen games. He's got he's got the second many uh, second most home runs at home than anybody on the team that that played there all year. Uh, he's been a, a lifesaver for that franchise. So sometimes you gotta get lucky. You know, like the Yankees did last year with Matt Carpenter. Sometimes these veterans get hot. And I think we saw that with the Angels. You know, they've called up a bunch of guys from the draft the last couple of years. Then they say, you know what? We like the way Daniel Murphy looks at independent ball. We know it hasn't been the big leagues for a few years. Let's take a crack at him. Let's see what happens. Yeah, they have nothing to lose at this point. All right, final question for Bob Nightingale of the USA Today. Um, you know, the Bally's TV situation really was a – it was a letdown for a lot of people and a lot of teams where they just basically walked away from some contracts. Um, the impact it's going to have, especially for the low budget teams. Um, what are you hearing on what MLB is going to do next? Because, you know, they filed for bankruptcy. They basically walked away from some deals. They don't have any money. At least they say they don't. Uh, but there are teams that were counting on that money as far as it being part of their bottom line payroll. So what happens next? Well, at least now this year, teams are guaranteed to get at least 80% of the money they're supposed to be uh, paid. So, you know, teams like Cleveland and, and, and that sort of thing, uh, San Diego. But I, I think the big effect will be uh, next winter. Some of these teams will say, you know what, I'm not going to get that same uh, $80 million. Uh, it might only be about 30 million or 40, you know, depending on what kind of deal we can get. So I think we'll have a little bit of a hit in the free agent market. Because usually, you know, we saw the money spent this past winter. And you said it happens when they when the CBA is done. But now with the team saying, you know what, I don't know about my money situation. I don't know if I'll ever get that TV money back. We're not going to jump in that uh, free agent market. Well, you know, I, I think for free agents, you might want to take the, 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 the best and perhaps the first deal you see because there may not be as many out there as I think you're alluding to. No, and you know, these guys, you know, these guys outprice themselves early on. Then spring training starts, you know, you're scrambling. Uh, Potter's got very lucky in Michael Waka, you know, signed him for four years at $26 million with a bunch of bells and whistles. You know, he was asking for four years, I think around 15 a year to start with and, uh, ends up going there. Now he may turn out okay with that, but you see a lot of guys end up you know, leaving money on the table because they turned on the early deals. That money wasn't there after, uh, you know, after the holidays. Bob Nightingale, USA Today, always good to visit with you, sir. We'll be doing this on a regular basis, folks, so you can tune in and check out Bob and get his thoughts not only on the Cardinals, but certainly what's going on in the world of baseball. So for Bob, I'm Mike. We'll talk to you soon right here on ClavesOnline.com. There's always been a bright side to living in downstate Illinois. Ameren, Illinois is making it even brighter with a little help from the sun. Right now, we're building a next-generation solar facility to bring you cleaner energy for generations to come. It's good for the environment, your neighborhood, and everyone living in downstate Illinois. That's brighter thinking. That's energy at work. Learn how you can participate in solar programs at AmarinIllinois.com renewables.